Al Jazeera podcast. Hi, everyone. Malika here. September 30th marks International Podcast Day. And we're turning the mic on you, our listeners, so we can feature your voice on the show. We want to hear what you like about the take and why you listen. Head to this episode's description for a link to record a voice message with your answer, along with your name and where you're listening from. We'll be featuring those messages on our social media accounts and some of our episodes next week. And now, here's today's show. Gold bars and stacks of cash hidden away in closets. A fake job at a halal meat company. A brand new luxury car. Attempts to derail federal investigations. These are just some of the stunning details outlined in a federal indictment of one of the U.S.'s most influential senior senators, Robert Menendez, Democrat of the state of New Jersey. New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez and his wife have been indicted on corruption-related charges. Menendez is the powerful chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The indictment says agents discovered a Google search by Menendez asking, how much is one kilo of gold worth? The U.S. Justice Department says Menendez accepted kickbacks in exchange for information, access, and policies that favored Egypt, one of the most important U.S. allies in the Middle East. Menendez denies it all. He's struck a defiant tone so far. The embattled senator temporarily stepped down as chair of the chamber's Foreign Relations Committee, but he's rejecting calls from fellow Democrats to resign. As I have stated throughout this whole process, I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. Menendez survived a previous indictment for corruption in 2017. But can he do that again? I'm Kevin Hurton, in from Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. I am Ali Harb. I work as a senior producer for Al Jazeera English. I cover U.S. politics, foreign policy, with a bit of special focus on Arab Muslim communities in the United States. Well, you are just the person to talk about this incredible indictment. What is Senator Menendez accused of and what appears to be the evidence against him? So... The gist of it is that Senator Menendez is being accused of accepting bribes to provide political favors to a set of three businessmen, one of whom is connected to the government of Egypt. So in his capacity as senator, and especially as the top Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, first as a ranking member and subsequently as chair, He was providing non-public information about U.S. embassy personnel in Egypt. He was providing information about the state of American aid to Egypt, of the state of American arms sales. He was signing off on arms sales. And in return, he was receiving direct payments through a job that his girlfriend and then wife had with a company connected to one of the businessmen where she didn't really did any work. Again, all of this is according to the Justice Department and the indictment. It was three businessmen. It was him. It was his girlfriend and then wife. 
and all the evidence pertains to communication between the various parties that happened via text message or email. And also, when it comes to the political aid to Egypt, there are corresponding public events uh, that show how he intervened and how he approved the aid and the arms sales. So the gist of it is he was getting non-public information about foreign policy and then while receiving gifts and money and other things that he was not disclosing. Correct. Correct. In his capacity as the top Democrat on the Foreign Relations Committee, he has a lot of power over arms sales. So he could place a hold on arms sales. So he was using his power to facilitate uh, weapon deals to Egypt. Federal prosecutors accused Menendez of accepting bribes in exchange for using his position to increase U.S. military aid to Egypt. And in exchange via his wife, he was receiving what the Justice Department says is illegal contributions, gifts, money, what have you. They, they describe it as bribes. Straight up, illegal bribes. At the core of this is a bribery case. Yes. Okay, why don't we talk about the man at the center of all this? Who is Robert Menendez? And why is his leadership position, this chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, so important? So, Bob Menendez is a senator representing the state of New Jersey since 2006. He built a reputation for himself as a sort of shrewd politician. Uh, he is very hawkish on foreign policy. For example, he opposed the Iran nuclear deal, even though he was a Democrat. He is uh, very much a proponent of crushing sanctions on countries like Cuba and Venezuela. He is staunchly pro-Israel. Now, in the Senate, the Foreign Relations Committee is one of the most influential out there. Yeah. Any bill that has to do with foreign policy, it often has to be cleared by the Foreign Relations Committee. So it is one person with an enormous amount of power being the chair of that committee because you can use procedure to delay legislation, to delay arms sales, to delay diplomatic nominees, and basically you can help shape American foreign policy from the Senate. I mean, th there's one passage in the indictment that, you know, is mind-blowing, where Menendez texts his wife saying, I've signed off on this sale, and the wife sends the message to the Egyptian-American businessman who then forwards it to an Egyptian official, and the Egyptian official responds with a thumbs-up emoji. You know what, Ali? I'm glad you mentioned that, because it's the text messages. It's this relationship, and then it's how mundane these texts are. It's like, oh, by the way, I freed up money for that arms sale, and I'm thinking Thai tonight. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it's uh, kind of comical if it weren't so real-life consequences and so dangerous. There's one line in the indictment that really caught my attention, where Nadine texts Bob Menendez, texts the senator, and saying, 
that after you met with the Egyptian officials, I thought they would come through with the money, but we haven't received the money, so I should text one of the co-defendants, or should I wait? And Asanta responded, no, you should not text or email. And it seemed like a rare moment of awareness of the fact that they shouldn't be using electronic communication. But that moment of awareness becomes the exception that proves the rule and it gets quoted in the indictment as if to show that, look, you know, the center was aware that this is wrong to the point that he told his wife, Nadine, you should not text or email. But if you think about the real-life consequences of it, this allegation is so dangerous. Basically, the Egyptian government had given one of the defendants in this bribery scheme, the main Egyptian-American businessman, a monopoly to certify halal meat imports into Egypt from New Jersey, right? And because of this monopoly that was given to the company, consumer prices in Egypt went up. So Egyptians, real-life Egyptians, were paying more for basic items for meat so that this company in New Jersey could have funds to allegedly pay off bribes to an American senator to sign off on weapons sales and provide political favors. And at some point, U.S. agriculture regulators raised an alarm about the situation that this shouldn't, this monopoly should not exist. And Menendez interfered to call the agriculture officials and say, lay off the case. Mm. So it's, it's in a way funny and ironic in New Jersey, but it's also very dangerous. These allegations are incredibly serious and they have real life consequences. Menendez has been indicted before for corruption, though he wasn't convicted. How does this compare to the previous go-round, both in terms of the charges and, and I guess in terms of the reaction to it? Yeah, so, so when Menendez had his first trial in 2017 over corruption, uh, there seemed to be a lot going on in the country, coming off an election. So it wasn't as captivating as this set of charges. It also involved one businessman who was his friend, who provided political contributions, who paid for his trips. So there's a difference between political contributions, making a payment to a campaign that can only be used for political campaign purposes, and between the cash and gold bars that are being given for personal benefits, allegedly in this most recent case. Also in the previous case, what Bob Menendez but his defense was that this is a friend and he paid for a trip of mine. It's not a big deal. This is a more direct form of payment that we're seeing in this most recent one. But I would note that the trial was in 2017. It, it resulted in a hung jury, meaning the jurors could not agree on whether he was guilty or non-guilty. So subsequently, it's not until 2018 that the Justice Department drops the case. And the allegations in the current indictment start in 2018. And that's when that's when we pick up this next this next phase of the story. It's pretty amazing. I did want to ask you about the reaction. Democrats might be 
um, a little more forceful in their condemnation. Now, it might be because this is the second indictment, but it also might have to do with who's in power in the New Jersey governor's office, right? That's correct. That's correct. So when when Menendez faced his first trial back in 2017, it was Chris Christie who was governor, and Chris Christie is a Republican. So in most states, in the case of a vacancy in Congress, be it the House or the Senate, the governor appoints their placement until a new election is held. So back then, Democrats would have lost a seat, whereas now the governor is a Democrat, and the governor of New Jersey has called on Menendez to step down. The Egyptian story after the break. On the Inside Story podcast, we examine the impact of the recent flare-up in violence in northern Kosovo and the international effort to find a lasting political solution. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ali, we've been talking about the charges against Senator Robert Menendez, but I wanted to ask you, Egypt is officially a U.S. ally, one of the most important in the Middle East. It is one of the largest recipients of U.S. military and financial aid. Egyptian government officials appear to have been pretty involved here. According to the indictment, they received inside information about everything from staffing levels at the U.S. Embassy in Cairo to advance notice about changes in U.S. policy towards Egypt. So what does this tell us about the current state of this alliance between Egypt and the U.S.? Well, Egypt remains, according to various administration officials, uh, vital to U.S. policy interests in that part of the world. And if you look at where Egypt sits, you know, and the countries that it has influence over, Libya and Sudan, the role that Egypt plays in Gaza in brokering ceasefires whenever violence flares up in that conflict, it appears that the American government does not want to upset Egypt. And when it comes to Egyptian foreign policy, uh, you get many Democrats who want to push the issue of human rights, who want to call out the Egyptian government over imprisoning tens of thousands of political prisoners. But when push comes to shove, the administrations always get back to let's you know, appease the Egyptian government. There appears to be an attitude of we need them. So keep the aid flowing. Don't upset them. President Joe Biden, when he was a candidate in a tweet, no more blank checks to Trump's favorite dictator. And Trump's favorite dictator in this case was a referral to President Abdel Fattah Sisi of Egypt. Uh, But once Biden gets into office, yeah, there is a hold on a very small portion of the aid that's largely symbolic, but the blank check continues. And it's interesting that even the mainstream media is treating this more of a corruption case, not as a foreign interference case. I mean, at the face of it, you have a foreign government getting non-public information about U.S. embassy personnel, uh, there is there is a danger at the operational level here. Yeah, and asking specifically about their citizenship, and I have not seen any public diplomatic backlash against this 
as far as I have seen, I didn't see anything from the State Department condemning or denouncing the Egyptian conduct in here. I mean, imagine if Iran was infiltrating the American government at, at the highest level. You're right. Yeah. Steering U.S. foreign policy through what's kind of an amateurish operation, it seems like. Yeah, they, they often are. Yeah. <laughs> haven't, haven't covered a few bits. Yeah. To just to end, one thing that's so surprising, to me at least, is, is just how well this worked, at least for a while. I mean, reading the indictment, they appear to have done very little to even cover their tracks, as we've discussed. I kind of wonder, how could anyone think they'd get away with what's described here? Is this hubris, stupidity, a mixture of both? What do you think? I think there is an amateur element of it. Bob Menendez's wife, who is a central, if not the central figure of the indictment, because she was the link between the businessman, the Egyptian officials, and the senator. She doesn't seem to have a whole lot of experience in this world of statecraft. I think also there is quite a bit of arrogance going on. And the more you get away with things, the more you keep doing them. And this thing went on for, for years, according to the indictment. Mm. So that's that's how it usually happens with criminal activity. People get away with things and they continue. They don't just quit. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by David Enders, Miranda Lynn, and Khalid Sultan with Amy Walters, Zaina Badr, Ashish Malhotra, Chloe K. Lee, Sonia Bagat, Sariel Khalili, and me, Kevin Hurton, in for Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.